Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. All right, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back. Jeff Hartman, co-editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, joined with Brian Anthony Davis, our podcast producer, and Dave Schofield, the other co-editor. And we are talking all things Steelers. And I normally say Steelers versus the Bengals, but if Mike Tomlin doesn't talk about the Bengals, should we be talking about the Bengals? Yes, we'll talk about the Bengals. But I want to first give Brian the opportunity. Brian's the one that thought of today's title of this episode. Brian, I'd like to give you a chance to explain it, and we'll talk about it to start off the second part. Go ahead. All right. So this is being called a get-right game. So the titles is a get-right game against Cincinnati needs to be handled with care. Look, you can't be the Steelers of the past where you're looking at a 2-10-1 team and saying, hey, we're the Pittsburgh Steelers. This is a cakewalk. You are not – you have lost that right the last two weeks with the way that you've played. Now, it's great to have pride that you're the Pittsburgh Steelers, but you don't go in assuming – that if you just take care of business, you're going to win this game. You go in saying, we are taking care of business and no mercy. This is Cobra Kai. This is John Kreese right now. Finish them. No mercy. This, you talked about, I believe, on your show the other day. I'm going to plug another show. Go and check out. It's a style, you mentioned style points. It's definitely about style points this week. They have to go in and make a statement in this game. A 23 to 20 win is not good enough, but they can't go in being ho-hum. There has got to be so much urgency, but you can't be reckless. Dave, what are your thoughts on that? I know you talked about it on the Scobro show, but give you an opportunity. Yeah, I, Brian brought up something. I was trying to to um, to to look this up, and um, hold on. 
because he talks about about you know taking on a two ten and one team, and I'm like the thing that's different that I find with this is do the Steelers usually lay an egg against a team with such a bad record where they lose the game when it's within the division? Um, that's not usually what happens if you know what I mean. So it's one of these remind me what it is again, the exact question, because I was so busy looking at that, that stat about, about that. Now I'm trying to, it's about about the lost record with Seattle. Actually. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I was going to say that's okay. Seattle has two losses, but I mean, no, Brian brought up such a good point. I wanted to, to find that out. You know what I'm saying? So, I'll take it from here, Dave. Thank you. I will say that the style points do matter. That the Pittsburgh Steelers, I talked about this on my Let's Ride Wednesday episode. Check it out if you haven't yet. This is not a game, like Brian mentioned, that you can't just kind of coast your way to win. If, if, if for not just for the Steelers fan base either. I mean, the fans want a dominating win, but you, you get the feeling when you listen to these players, you see these interviews, they feel the same pressure that the Steelers fans see. And that is, we're not trending in the right way. We need to make sure we have a performance that goes out and we go out there and just lay the hammer down. Like, that's what they need to do. So, yeah, this could be a get-right game, but it's got to look the right way. And there's my, there's people out there. I had some people on Twitter. They're like, Jeff, you just spent the entire first 10 games telling us that style points don't matter, and now you're saying that style points do. And I know I'm the biggest hypocrite of them all right now. However, with that said, I hope you all realize what we're talking about in the importance of how you go about winning this game against a two ten and one opponent. All right, but can can I now sure Dave go ahead with that with Brian because I I got it here in front of me. Is I wanted to know the last time the Steelers were like a really big heavy favorite against an AFC North team that they ended up losing the game and all. I mean, and it's happened a few times since Coach Tomlin's been there. With the most recently, we you know should should have remembered the the infamous two days after Christmas in 2015 Ryan Mallett game is a, is when it's happened. But usually the Steelers don't come out and lay that egg against such an inferior opponent record wise. So yes, I completely agree. It's it's not you say whether you call it style points or whatnot, it is not whether or not you win the game. It is also the manner in which you win the game. And I'll, I'll go on record saying this one last time. If the Pittsburgh Steelers, if what they need to do is to, to win the AFC North is to defeat the two 10 and one Cincinnati Bengals. If they can't do that, then they're not the best team in the North anyway. Yeah, I agree with that. Let's talk a little bit about this matchup and the Pittsburgh Steelers that we're expecting to have big performances in some way or shape or form. Now, those the X Factor segment is something that I have to now explain to Brian every week, and that is when we pick a Pittsburgh Steeler that plays either offense or defense for your X Factor for that week. He, he tried to say B.J. Finney on his defensive side. He was thinking out of the box, but he went out into a different area code, so we're trying to keep it here. Keep it in the 301. All right. So, Brian Anthony Davis, who is your offensive X factor for the Steelers in week 15? <laughs> I love it. Oh, I've never, I never live anything down. Oh, boy. Why do you even hire me? Um, so, <laughs> look, you know, as far as an X factor for this game, I mean, it's really easy to say that it's Benjamin Todd Roethlisberger, but it is. You know, it, he really has to 
lead this team this week. I thought last week was his worst game of the season. It was a lackluster performance. I know there were a lot of things going on in that game. There were drops, but really it's all about leading and it's all about his play calling too. And there are some things that uh, need to change. And as far as the players go, they're going to follow Ben. So Ben is your X factor. Can't disagree with that. Dave, what about you? Offensive X factor. Yeah. I really wanted to tell a quick story about something, about something that you mentioned before. You know how you said, who, which one Brian said that it just, it's, that seemed like they were flat and just kind of not fired up like the bills were. Yes. I kind of had an experience like that. Um, it was it, it was in high school. It wasn't even my senior year. We were playing our arch rival school, and our coaches thought, let's change things up and do something different. We're going to do our warm-ups on our own field and get on the bus and drive straight there and walk onto the sidelines and play the game. And they told us to do that. And they also said, we don't want you yelling and screaming and getting fired up. We're just going to walk out straight off the bus to the sidelines like we're there for business. It was a disaster. <laughs> it was. They were all fired up. We were not. So I, when Brian said that, one of the things that sparked in my mind is this team, you, you, you know, you don't normally travel the day before a game. Do you think traveling the day of the game just kind of had them kind of off kilter? They were just not in their regular thing. I don't know if they did or not, but that's something to remember. And that Brian saying that about Roethlisberger having his worst game of the season just kind of got me thinking that, they had been off for a, for a while, but I don't think they did a lot of things that helped them to get back on track. Now, for my X Factor, whoever plays left guard. Okay. I don't know I who know. it's going to be, but whoever it is has got to get the job done. That's a good one. Yeah, I, that, that's yeah. good. I'm going to go with the guy that I've been so down on the last two weeks. It's been so frustrating. It's Deontay Johnson. Yeah. What you're seeing is how important he is to the offense. And I can't take credit for this. It was someone on Twitter. They said that Ben wants and almost needs a player that he says, that's my number one. That's the guy I'm going to throw to when I really need a big play. He had it with Antonio Brown. He Juju is, is up there, but Juju doesn't have that type of separation ability that Deontay Johnson, he wants Deontay Johnson to be that guy. Deontay Johnson has to do his job. Holy cow. Catch the football. Plain and simple. That's why he's my ex-touch. Because when he's going, when he's on, the whole offense is clicking. It, you go back and watch the film. You'll see it. When he's when he's playing well, the whole offense is playing well as well. Let's go to defense now, Brian. Who's your defensive X-Factor? I think it's TJ. TJ Watt is the guy that uh... – He's not the captain of that defense, but he is becoming the heart of that defense. You know, I could say a number of guys because there's so many important spots here on defense, but I really think the TJ can disrupt a young quarterback more than anybody. And I would love to see him. I'm not saying he's going to have multiple sacks, but he needs to set the tone with disruption. Last week, they did not really disrupt Josh Allen that much. They had one sack but there was not much of a disruption. If he can go ahead and cause some chaos there, they could really, they could dominate this game just by you'll know, befuddling them. All right. So is it, is it Trent James? Is that TJ? 
Trent Jordan. Trent Jordan. Dang it. I'm going to remember that. All right, Dave, go ahead. What's your defensive X factor? Okay, I'm going to kind of go with the same kind of explanation that you had for offense, and that is, you know, Deontay Johnson, he's had the drops. He needs to come back and do his thing. You know, he needs to show back up for this defense who was completely com- shut out last week is Stephon it. Mm. Now, granted, you know, he he's coming back from the COVID list, and you have to take that into account a little bit. They don't always say – how much things affected them, you know, you know, if they were asymptomatic or symptomatic or whatnot, but certain, I mean, depending on the situation, it can wear you down. So I don't know if that was the factor or if it was missing bud or what it was, but Stefan to it needs to come back and be the dominating force that he has been in the past who, you know, was, Third, he's third on the team in sacks, and he didn't have a tackle last week. Last week, so he needs to step up. This is a good get right game for him. Uh, I'm gonna. I I literally want to just say any defender that is looking at a good probability of being able to catch in a pass that's thrown their way. <laughs> Joe Hayden, Minka Fitzpatrick, Terrell Edmonds, uh, Stephen Nelson, because I feel like this is a game because I don't even know who their quarterback is. We don't know who it is because, well, they're both awful, but they also have one that's banged up. I look at it and say that I think that this could be a game where you see a lot of takeaways. You could see a lot of takeaways. I think if they can just take advantage of opportunities, be a good confidence booster for this team moving forward. So, all right, you all ready for some over-under? Yes. All right, let's do it. Let's start off with Benjamin Todd Roethlisberger. His touchdown passes, the over-under set at two and a half. What do you say? Uh, Let's go with Brian first. Three. All right. Over. Dave, what about you? I'm going to say two. I'll go okay. under. I'm going to say over three, mainly because the Steelers' red zone percentage is actually significantly better on the road than it is at home. So I actually like him to chuck the ball in the red zone. Let's go. We're going to change it up. Chase Claypool's kind of uh, gone into the locker room. Juju Smith Schuster touchdowns, one and a half. Over, under, Brian. Let's go over. I think he has a great week, too. Okay. What about you, Dave? I'm going under with one. I think I agree with one. Dave. I'm going to say under with one. Defensive sacks on whoever they put up under center, and they being the Bengals. I'm going to set it at three and a half. That might seem low, but you all know that that's they, how many the Bengals give up on average. Three and a half. Yes. <laughs> this I did not know that. So Brian, <laughs> go ahead. I'm going to go over. 17. Um, <laughs> no, I, I'm looking at, I'm looking at four. Okay. Dave over. And this might tip me off for later. Okay. I'm going seven. Wow. I'm going to look, I've been burnt on this over under more than anything else. It'll be under, I'm going to say three, right? When you think they're going to tee off on someone and you think this is the game that they're just going to be all over them. It just never seems to come to fruition. I hope your opponent is why I'm going. That's true. Okay. I I hope you're right. All right. Sacks surrendered. The line is set at a half. So Brian, what do you think? Under it's coming back clean. Dave, what about you? Yeah, I'm saying under as well. I was going to look up the exact number. They have only sacked the quarterback 15 times this season, so I'm going to say under. I'm actually going to go over with one. I think that someone gets a gets a hold of Ben or 
trips him up. I don't know. I or do you think, think he holds the ball longer to wait for things to develop? Right. Is Carl is Lawson still playing for them? I mean, I, he's a pass rusher. He's got yeah. a good. He's got a good ability. So we'll see. All right, turnovers. That's the Steelers giving the ball up. It's an unfortunate trend that's been going on in the past few weeks. Turnover set at one and a half. Brian, over under. Under one. All right, Dave. Uh, Cincinnati is not a big takeaway team. They only have 12 on the season in 12 games. So what was the line again? One and a half. I, I'm going to say under at one because that's kind of yeah. right with the average. I'm going to say under at zero. They get okay. back on track. They keep it clean. Takeaways, defensive takeaways, two and a half. Brian, over under. Over. Nice. Dave? I'm going to go over as well. I'm going to go three. Okay. I'm going to go under with two. Here we go. Steelers rushing yards. Let's get after it. What they have 45 last week or something like that. That was a huge improvement by the 47. way. 47. Oh, I'm sorry. 47. Yeah. That they're trending. That's a much it's, different percentage. Mike yeah. Tomlin would say the arrow is pointing up with this group. So rushing yards. <laughs> I don't this may be me. I'm only pretty good with these lines, in my opinion. I'm I'm saying 80. Okay. Team, not one individual. Team. Brian over under. Let's rewind the tape a little bit. Let's go back to sacks 17. <laughs> Under. <laughs> you still, my gosh. Okay, that's fine. 17 yards rushing. No, I mean. No, I, no, no you're no. fine. It's one of those things where you're like, holy cow, is it seriously going to be that bad for that long? Dave, what do you think? Um, Cincinnati is, on average, gives up, what is it? Um, I don't know. 132 yards a game. I think the Steelers can, I don't know that they'll get 100, but I think they can. You said 80 or 85? 80. I'll, I'll, then I'm going to go over. I'm going to go with 85. Really? Yeah. I'm going to go under because, again, it's just like with the sacks. Right when you think they're going to play a team that they're going to be able to just run it down their throat, they never do it. And not to it, mention the issues on the offense. It's going to depend on how the game plays out. Really. Oh, but it Which also is going to depend on the left guard that you mentioned true. in your X Factor. Yeah. But I mean, if, if the Steelers has get a lead, there, then they're going. Then they're going to probably try to commit to trying to write the ship with the run. Game. They're going. They're going to commit to it. I just yeah. don't know if they're going to be successful but, doing it. Do you have the next one? The next one's the key: rushing attempts. Oh, I did not do that. Let's. Okay. Um, how many did they have last week? They had like fifteen, I think, didn't yeah. they last week? So we'll say I rushing attempts. Yeah, that's. I was going to say eighteen, but yeah, that's yeah. fine. Okay. So, okay, let's say it's 18. Brian, do you think they rush for more than 18 times or less? Actually, I think they try to rush for more. They're they're trying to force it. Okay. Dave, you say over under? I say over. I think they're going to, I think they'll run it at least 25 times. I think the game will dictate that, that will give them the opportunity to try to run it more because you don't, you don't want to just run the ball for no gain, no gain, no gain all the time when you're needing to score points. But if they have a lead, then you can try to maybe do some different things to commit to the run. On Thursday, Randy Feetner said in his press and his media availability that he deems a four yard or more run as a quality run. I said, well, the Steelers haven't had many of those recently. No. <laughs> All right. The last one here, and I, I've never done this one before. So this is, I'm just trying to think outside the box. I'm, I'm trying to pull a Brian Anthony Davis. Defensive yards allowed, total, rushing and passing, 215. Over-under. Well, so, total, the, the defense, the Pittsburgh okay. Steelers defense giving up the Bengals' offensive yards. So, 
This is in passing and rushing combined. Brian, do you think it's over 215 or under? Wow. I actually think it's going to be uh, – I, I think they're going to handle them, but I'm going to say over because I'm looking at, you know, a garbage – just like the last time, you know, a garbage time, a fake punt, something okay. that, uh, that that gives them, gives them yards when this game is completely out of control. So I'm going to say over, but I don't think it matters. Dave? Brian hit the nail on the head there. It's kind of how the game plays out. If it's a very low-scoring close game because the Steelers' offense can't do anything, then I would expect that total to be under. But if the Steelers have a decent lead, they're not going to be worried about giving up yards just by by sucking up time on the clock. So I'm going to go over, but I could I could make an argument for under as well. Okay, I'm going to go over. I think it's it might be around 250. And I was close to setting it at 250, but I was like, now nah, let's be aggressive. Let's do 215. All right, let's go to prediction time. The the line, what is it now, Dave? Do you have 13. that? So it was 12 and a half when I set my pick yeah. for the Steelers game. And is the over-under set at, is that still the same? What was that on 40. yours? 40.5. 40.5. Okay. Brian, how do you see this game going down on Monday night? So I'm looking at the Steelers getting right and winning this game, but I don't know how right they're going to make it. They're going to win. They're they're going to uh, go ahead and cover the spread. Let's go ahead and say 28 to 10. Okay. Dave's upset. That was, no, that was I'm like, he's going to come through with almost my same answer, which is exactly right. I see the Steelers writing the ship a little bit. I don't see them, what, what was it, 36 to 10 last time? When they played, I don't know that their offense is going to have it together that much, but it might even be that they don't have to this game, but we'll see. I'm going 27 to 10. This is a get right game in in every sense of the word. I like the Steelers to not only win, I like them to cover the 12 and a half or the 13. uh, And I like the over, I like the Steelers to win this game 34 to 13. I think the offense kind of gets back on track. They get a little mojo going. I do think they run the ball well, um, and especially situationally. Third and shorts, goal line situation, I think they really commit to running the ball. So there you have it. So we all like the Steelers to win this game and to clinch the AFC North, even though that could be done on Sunday. All right, Dave. Yeah, You said you had a good trivia yeah, question. Yeah, it kind of rolls along into this a little bit. But first of all, I want to say first, the over-under – we all know that, that has, that's going to be a lot more to do with the Steelers than anything yes. else. Yeah. And, and here's part of the reason why. All right, here's a little trivia question. It's Pittsburgh Steelers versus Cincinnati Bengals. Let's go with the Mike Tomlin era since okay. 2007. Playoffs, playoffs, sorry. Playoffs, home, away, doesn't matter. What's the most points the Cincinnati Bengals have scored on the Pittsburgh Steelers in the Mike Tomlin era? In one game, of course. Duh, stop wow. cheating, Jeff. <laughs> Jeff's cheating. <laughs> Jeff's cheating. Put it away, Jeff. Uh, hold on. I looked this up. I looked this up for my last ride. I, I'm going to say... Well, then if you look it up, you should, you should let Brian answer first. Okay, go ahead, Brian. But I don't know if the number I looked up was right. Okay. Let's go with 27. Well, I know that in 2005, they gave up 38. Okay. And it was a 38 38 to 31 loss. That was the famous TJ Hushman Zada 
terrible towel game at Heinz Field. Yeah, Mike Tomlin coached a great game in that one. Oh my gosh, it's Bill Cowher. He said Jeff Tomliner. <laughs> Good catch. I don't know. 26. The answer is 23. Oh wow. The most points the Cincinnati Bengals have scored on the Pittsburgh Steelers in the Mike Tomlin era is 23. And that was in a victory, and that was in 2009. Believe it or not, the Pittsburgh Steelers have gone 21, or not sorry, 23 games in a row, allowing 21 points or less to the Cincinnati Bengals. Where does that 38? Where does that 38 in 2005 rank amongst, like you know, since I don't know Chuck Knoll retired? Okay, so you want to go back to 92? Yeah, so give me a second, and I can have that. All right, that's fine. I mean, the other thing that's really interesting is is that um, I I broke it down to how these how these twenty eight games under Mike Tomlin, including the playoffs, you know, where the Steelers are twenty three and five in those games, the Bengals average fifteen point one points a game. Um, They've scored ten points or less eight times, um, eleven to seventeen points ten times, and eighteen to twenty one points nine times, and then they just hit twenty three to one time. And the Steelers have gone over twenty three or twenty three or more points twenty of those twenty eight games. So that's kind of how it rolls. So okay. you want to know points against? Um, if you go all the way back to ninety two, that two thousand five game of thirty eight points is the most. Yeah. I was going to say, because I was trying to think, even as I was doing the, the show, and obviously I bring back the 2005 season. I talk about that a lot in the, in the podcast for Friday morning. I was like, I, 30, they gave up 38 points. I couldn't think of a time that the Bengals scored more. Well, they've only scored over 30 points under Cower and Tomlin three times. 38 in 2005, 34 in 96, and 1995, they scored 31 in a loss where the Steelers mm-hmm. beat them 49 to 31. Wasn't there a game where both teams scored in the 40s? I'm thinking I was listening to it on the radio as a kid. It was like a November game. Um, hmm, I'll have to, have to mm-hmm. look at that mm-hmm. one. Uh, you know, <laughs> you know I, I was thinking I was listening. I was thinking I was in my dad's truck. We were out where he would go hunting, so it would be around closer to Thanksgiving. And they scored, I mean, my, here we go. Well, nineteen eighty-eight was the four was the forty-two to seven, and eighty-nine was the forty-one to ten. Yeah, and that because that's a famous game because of the fifty-one uh, nothing the week before with Cleveland, where they were outscored ninety-two to ten. I was going to bring that up next. Yeah. That was uh, and then the Steelers ended up going to uh, the divisional game in the playoffs after that yeah. horrendous start. But. The Bengals generally don't score points on the Steelers. I yeah. thought that was kind of interesting how, you know, and, and it, it's funny because I'd like to go back to all the score predictions in StatGeek, and some people were giving the Bengals a decent – I'm like, uh, do you really think the Bengals are going to score 24 points? You know, people are like, oh, 37, 20. I, 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 don't, I don't know. Yeah. Especially this Bengals team because, I'm sorry, Joe Burrow was what they had last time, yeah. and now they don't. Did we not mention this? Did we not say this in the offseason when we were looking at the schedule? Did we not say, oh, well, the Steelers, they'll be going to, to Cincinnati on Monday night in December if Joe Burrow doesn't get killed and is, and is even still the quarterback. <laughs> we said that. Absolutely. That's exactly what we're preparing for right now. You're right. You are right. 
All right, folks, next top is bold predictions. This is our last segment of the show other than a special segment. Um, the bold predictions is an article that Brian Anthony Davis does on game day every single week. And it's where he takes his shot at some crazy predictions. Uh, we're not going to talk about bougie Smith Schuster on this show. I love also, bougie. I know you do, but he, we also take a stab at some other predictions and sometimes we get them right. Like I predicted one week, I think it was Washington that James Washington would lead the team in receiving. Um, and sometimes we get them dead wrong. I think Dave, didn't you predict in Baltimore a defensive touchdown? That was when Spillane had the pick six. Said I said one team will score a defensive touchdown, and that will be the difference of the game. And that's exactly what happened. Uh, you're right. Um, I also like Brian shut out against Jacksonville, and then they scored <laughs> in the very opening possession. It's the only time they scored. But, <laughs> Oh yeah, After, I was watching that game with Jeff. I heard Jeff said, "Well, there goes Brian's yeah. prediction." I, I'm um, more, I'm closer on the ridiculous ones that would never happen. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, let's do the let's do the realistic ones here, Brian. What's your bold prediction for Week 15? Wow. So here we go. We are going to have a reemergence of a player, one that uh, a lot of people have wondered where he's at. He has been alluded to this week. Mike Tomlin talked about him because he was asked about him. They just talked about him on the live chat. It's Chase Claypool, the rookie wall. Well, the rookie wall, just like John Mellencamp said back in 1983, when the wall comes crumbling down. Yeah, well, the wall is coming <laughs> crumbling down. Chase Chase Claypool has a game. He reemerges. I'm giving him two TDs. Nice. What about you, Dave? What's your bold prediction? Well, I, I said seven sacks was one I was going with, um, for sure. I, I would. Part of me really wants to think that it could be a, a shutout, um, but I'm not. I'm going to say that kind of along what Jeff was saying. I'm not going to even say which one. I'm going to say a Steelers defensive back will have two interceptions in the game. One, one, one player will have two interceptions. I like it. I like it. I'm going to go with, you know, I've been thinking about this and uh, I, I'm going to go. This is the game. I think Vance McDonald scores a touchdown. He's been super quiet all year. Obviously, he spent some time on the COVID list. I think Vance McDonald gets paid. It's going to be a red zone touchdown. I don't think it's going to be a Chris Conti stiff arm heard around the world like it was on Monday Night Football down in Tampa Bay. But still. I think the Vance McDonald gets on the uh, gets on the off the schneid, so to speak. That was mine last week. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> I was wrong. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, I want to finish the show up. Last week, you know, it, it's crazy to think because it's gone so fast. Uh, and doing a plug that on our audio platform, you have to check out our Christmas memory podcasts. And that's something that uh, all of the podcasters, the three of us, as well as the blokes from down under. Um, Michael Beck, uh, everyone, even big bro, big bro, rich is, is doing one every night at 7 PM. We are going to release these memory. It's only about 10 to 15 minutes. Um, and it's great. They've been great so far. Dave's ran tonight, Thursday night. His brother's is going to go on Friday. Uh, Brian's will be coming up at some point. I know that I think Maddie's is coming up, uh, on Saturday. So you got to check those out. But last week we talked about Christmas music. I love Christmas music. This week, we want to talk about movies. And I also want to mention, we are going to have a show next week on Christmas Eve. It might be a different time. might be a little bit earlier. Oh, there's no might about it. Oh, it will be. It's going to it'll, be a different time. It, it'll be a different <laughs> time. We're not doing this yeah. at 9 o'clock on Christmas Eve. <laughs> but so we'll talk, we'll talk about traditions next week. But I want to get your guys' thoughts on movies 
And I want to do something here. We all know that Die Hard's great. Dave hasn't seen it, so we're not going to talk about Die Hard. So non-Die Hard Christmas movie, non-Lethal Weapon Christmas <laughs> movie. <laughs> gotcha. What's your what? What's what are some of your favorites? Ones that ones that you have to watch. You have to watch. Not if I see it, it's on TV, I'll watch it. Ones that you're like, I have to watch this, or else it's just not Christmas. Dave, I'm going to let you go first. Okay. Well, I knew this question was coming tonight. I just had the feeling. So even though I've probably already seen it a dozen times this Christmas season, last night I had to make sure I was available to twice back-to-back, even though I own the DVD, to watch on TV what I am sporting here tonight, Ah. the infamous Christmas vacation shirt. I will watch that movie. That's one that I don't let go by. It used to be Elf. This one, not at all. I will watch it at any part with that. But it's not Christmas. It's not Christmas until I have, particularly on Christmas Eve, and I don't wait till Christmas Eve. I'll watch it sooner if I have the chance until I watch It's a Wonderful Life. Good one. Can't go wrong with that. What about you, Brian? What's the one movie you can't, cannot miss? My number one is what Dave just said. It's a Wonderful Life makes me cry every single time. I used to watch it even when I was in college. I would watch it every, I would watch it after the Pope's Mass. And I would fall asleep and wake up for the end where, uh, where uh, Zuzu's pedals and Merry uh, Christmas, Mr. Potter, <laughs> and uh, and the bell ringing and them singing Auld Lang Syne. I cry every single time. My wife has turned me on to, uh, well, actually, back to It's a Wonderful Life. My dad and I watched that for the first time on December 20th, 1985. And the reason I remember that is we were putting together a shelf. I've never seen this movie. It was on in the background. Then we just stopped what we were doing and we watched it. And we would always watch it together. And that is something that will always remind me of my my pop. So dad, I love you. Um, that's, my, that's my favorite. My wife turned me on to White Christmas. We watch that every year. Um, Bing Crosby, Danny K or Danny <laughs> Blanking K. Happiest family this side of the nut house. <laughs> I, I tell you what, it's it's right. It's that that movie makes me cry too because of how it was set up to make this old general's life um retirement and to help save his in. It, it's a wonderful movie. Now I do love as far as new movies go. I go back to a movie that I found by accident because I'm I'm Mr. 2 AM and I'm flipping through the channels. I go past HBO and I see two naked people. And I'm like, whoa, what, what's this? And I have love actually it's love actually. Yes, I, I had no I it was a that it had scene. to be the HBO version. It, it was that scene where where uh <laughs> they the were stimulating, doubles. yeah, yeah, there was body doubles. And I was like, whoa, and I, I had to turn on. And then all of a sudden, Hugh Grant's singing to the Pointer dancing around with the Pointer Sisters. I'm oh, like, when this his, is the when really good movie. Busts in when old King was. <laughs> <laughs> <It's, yeah. laughs> That's a great scene in that movie. And uh, even, this, even the scene, I've got a buddy that uh, my kids call Uncle Jamie. And like at the end, where they're, uh, where Colin Firth is leaving, and uh, the his uh, nieces and nephews are going, I hate Uncle Jamie. I mean, that's just a funny line. <laughs> it is a really good movie. But at the end, when they're playing the Beach Boys, mm-hmm. um, 
that song is fantastic. And what they did, they didn't tell anybody. This was right after 9-11, but they went to the airport and they filmed people actually greeting each other. I mean, coming off the plane. And then afterwards they said, hey, could we use this for a movie? So it was genuine. It's beautiful. It's one of my favorite Christmas movies now. If you've never seen Love Actually, don't watch it because you're a pervert like me for one scene and it's not a dirty movie. But watch it because it has a lot of heart. You do know on the t- when they show that movie on TV, they just completely cut that storyline itself out, which oh. is which is which is interesting because it was really too cute how shy those two people were yeah. each other when they weren't working. Um, so that was kind of funny. And, and when she she has one of the best lines of the movie when she says, "All I want for Christmas is you," and it kind of sets it up. Kathy's asking which song was it? It's God Only Knows by the Beach Boys. It's a good song. And Dave, you're right. Pentatonic's version of that is really good. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, for me. You guys said it's a wonderful life. It's a tradition that I watch. I watch that with my daughters every year, and we don't watch it all at once because they don't. They, they're like uh, they have the attention span of a gnat, most of them. So it's literally like we watch twenty minutes here, and we watch. It's fine. They've seen the movie enough. But for me personally, it's not Christmas Vacation. I've seen it a million times. It's a movie that honestly, if it weren't for me myself, I probably would have only seen it a handful of times because my dad and my brother and my mom would say over and over again, I can't stand this movie. Why? Because on Christmas Eve, they show it for 24 hours straight and on TNT or TBS, and they would hate it. And it's a Christmas story. Um, I love a Christmas story. I relate with Ralphie in a lot of different ways, wanting that one gift. You just want that one flipping gift. And then you get it and somehow it blows up in your face. But still, <laughs> I love I love a Christmas story. And that's a movie that uh, I did. My, our, my kids love that movie too. And so uh, now that I think about this, but there's only a week left. Uh, we have some movies to watch. <laughs> we bought most of these on yeah. DVD. We need to actually do some uh, movie watching coming up soon or else we're going to run out of time. So there you go. Good, Brian. Trivia, Jeff. I'm going to give you a trivia question. What is the name of the bad bully kid? In Christmas, Scott story. Farkas. God Farkas, I love it. He had <laughs> yellow eyes, so help me God, yellow eyes. I mean, it was just like today we were out in the snow, and I pushed one of my my daughters over into the snow. And she's laying there, and she goes, "I can't get up. I can't get up. <laughs> <laughs> get up, Randy. Get up." <laughs> That's, now, I know a lot one, about that. One movie. thing from that movie we would quote when I was teaching is what I had I had one specific class where the one kid would always say, every time something, I would try to give an assignment or something, he's like, but the bell rang. <laughs> <laughs> but the bell rang. <laughs> All right. Okay, so next week, well, on Christmas Eve, I'm going to be asking these guys about some of the traditions that they actually have. Um, traditions oh, in, in... So we're not with, rolling through about what movie we don't like and what our other ones were? Uh, we're, we're going a little long. Yeah. Is there a movie you don't like that you really despise? There's two. Go ahead. Well, I'm not a big fan of the Jim Carrey Grinch. I'm really not. I think it's long and boring. But the one that they just did last year, the Illumination one. I need to watch that. It's actually pretty decent. But honestly, the one one movie that I just completely avoid and make sure I do not watch at Christmas time would be A Christmas Story. Oh, my gosh. So good. So good. You 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 know who hates it more than I do? Your wife? Big Brosco. No, my wife likes the movie. Uh, Big Brosco. <laughs> cannot stand that movie. Well, teach their own. Brian, yep. what about you? 
Let's just call Dave Can Opener because he just opened that can of worms. If you really <laughs> want to go down this road, look, I've got an issue, and you know it's coming with the Santa Claus. No, <laughs> I have an issue with that movie. It's cute. I like everything about it. But when you have a situation at the end of this movie, like towards the end of this movie, where all of a sudden he comes and says, hey, you can't be here. You can't have the kid. They go into the kitchen to say goodbye. And whoa, they don't realize they're coming back. And their kid's gone. He's gone. And they're calling the police. Everybody's, if this was your family, you'd be like, oh my God, my kid's missing. What are they doing? They're, they're strutting around at ZZ Top. And at the North Pole, oh give me all your love and they're dancing around. They have no regard whatsoever. He has no, he's playing Santa Claus, Saint Nick, the most wonderful figure in all of holiday history, and he's kidnapping his own son. You that's horrible. It is a horrible social commentary on our time. Now, well, Santa Claus 2, decent movie. Santa Claus 3, not bad. But you know what? Santa Claus, the first one. I have a problem. My wife yells at me when I do this. I know Jeff's going to call me cancel culture, but he stole the kid. It's his kid. It's not like he just but randomly stole a kid. Stealing your he doesn't go kid. in and there's a kid sitting on the couch waiting to see Santa Claus and he kidnaps the kid. He's That's not violated a court order, Jeff. Oh, okay. Yes. Mm. And these people are worried sick. I mean, and you think uh, Oscar Mayer wiener whistle is going to save the day? <laughs> <laughs> oh, like you just kidnapped my wife's kid, but oh, I've got a wiener whistle. Woo! Mystery date. Yay! I, <laughs> I'm sorry I brought it up, Jeff. <laughs> I told you. This is ridiculous. Oh. I mean, you are absurd right now. Just say no, you, you're like the people that go off on Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer because no, they, they, they do nothing but use him when they need him. They no, that, him off that, to the side, and then when they can use him, like, oh, you're our best friend. Let's go be friends again. No. <laughs> No, I'm not. I just take exception of that. They could have done. You're okay with bullying. You're you're okay with bullying, but you're not okay with kidnapping. That's where we are. I mean, even Santa got in on that one. It was like, my goodness. Oh, or here, here's one I thought of this evening while while we were watching this. Um, during dinner, Santa Claus is coming to town. He's, you know, we're just telling the story of Santa. Um, and it was the whole, um, if you sit on my lap today, a kiss a toy is the price you'll pay. I'm like, boy, this would be the whole, <laughs> this, would be the whole this, is, this is just, oh, you can't say man. that now. Woo. <laughs> hey, bad Santa is more appropriate than the Santa Claus. All yeah. right. That's yeah, too all, right. We gotta okay. go. all right. That's a good show. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll be back next week. It'll be an earlier time. Follow us on Twitter at BT Steel Curtain is the Behind the Steel Curtain Twitter feed. We will tweet out the link when we're going to go live. I wish I could tell you a time right now, but we don't know. So it's probably going to be like early afternoon, closer to noon. So if you're around, check us out. If not, you can always get it on the podcast platform or anywhere where you get your podcasts. As always, BehindTheSteelCurtain.com should be your one-stop shop for all things Steelers. Dave, send us out. Hey, <laughs> there it is. See you next week. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting edge AI. 
Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did to create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.